Father, we thank you for this message right now, God. And I thank you, Lord, that it will bless us today, God. I thank you, Lord, that's going to break things off and take us to the next level, God. We want to go to the next level. And if you really want to go to the next level, just say it right now. I want to go to the next level. Say it louder. Because that right there, how loud you're saying it in your heart is going to determine if you're going to go or not. And Father, we just have that, we want that earnesty to go to the next level. We want that earnesty to grow, to not be spiritually stagnant, to have not only lack of nothing in the, in the, in the, in when it comes to finance, but lack of nothing when it comes to spiritual things and the deep things of God, Father. We want to know the secrets of the kingdom. We want to have things that are downloaded to us every day. We want to go to places that we've never been before and, and experience spiritual atmospheres that we've never experienced before, God. We want to see all these fruits come to pass, God. But we know that you're, as you're building brick by brick, you're also tearing down brick by brick, Father. And we thank you, Lord. And this message today is called, No, No Man. No, No Man. And I'm going to uh, start from 1 Samuel 16, so I'll give you a second to get there. 1 Samuel 16, uh, the beginning, 1 through 13. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him for reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king among his sons. So, God was, so Samuel is still trying to strive to see Saul as the king and try, still trying to strive to even the prophet, God, the one that hears from God, was still trying to put Saul in that place, but God was done with Saul. God was already in it, and if you actually read on past all the way to the end of this, this uh, chapter, you'll even see that God himself, and I saw this, and I, ever, I remember reading this one time, but then I saw it again, I'm like, oh my God. God even sent an evil spirit himself. It didn't say the devil sent. It said God sent an evil spirit himself to, Sa to Saul to torment him. So, you know what I was thinking in the car too on the way here? I was like, wow, how many people really know God? Because they would not think that God would do something like that. But it said that he did it to Saul, but he did it for a purpose. And there was a rebellion that Saul was doing. And God was trying to keep Saul from taking the people of Israel to a, rebel to a, 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 long, a prolonged rebellious state. So God was trying to bring in a new king, David, that would take the people of God onto the things of God and not have them focused on religion. So part of the whole transference of God trying to take out Saul, and if you look in a spiritual sense, it's really God trying to take out religion. And this is the same thing he's doing today. He's taking out the spirit of Saul in a church that, that controlling also as well. It's also a controlling spirit that's trying to still bring in the old one, trying to still do the old thing, trying to still be in the flesh and be anointed by the spirit. And that's what we have many, many times in the old days. People were still in the flesh, but they were still anointed because they were, God had a purpose. But now for us to be anointed, we have to be in the spirit. And this is what David was ushering in with, um, uh, God was ushering in with God, or David. And this is right there, and right there uh, shows, the, shows what, I'm, what we're talking about really today because many times, this message is called No, No Man. So many times, and we're going to get to the, the, the base of that, of that title but many times we try to see people in the flesh and we try to see spiritual we try to see spiritually with our eyes or our ears but god says you can't see any, anything in the spirit you can't 
hear anything in the Spirit. You can't know anything in the Spirit about anybody or anything without my Spirit, without discernment, without your Spirit bearing witness to that, to that truth that you're claiming to receive. So when we see somebody or we hear something or we, we think something about a person, that, that if it's not from the Spirit of God, it's from the flesh. So we have to know no man by the flesh, but we have to know them by the Spirit. I cannot know anybody in here by what I, what I see them do, what I hear them say, how, they hear, how I hear them say it, their character, their size, their stature, how they look. I have to see them in the Spirit. And Samuel said, how can I go? If, if Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, see how, see how Saul had kind of some control over Samuel because Samuel was worried about him being killed, himself being killed. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will sue thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him who I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and come to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I come to sacrifice unto the Lord, and sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. So here he is. He's coming to Jesse's house, trying to find the next king that God, not, not the people, because really the people, even though God used Saul, the people really were the ones that took in, that made Saul their king. But God would just anoint them because he felt bad for them. And that's what many times we, people are doing in religion. God will sometimes anoint things because he's, he's, trying to meet them where they're at but there's a time where we have to get over ourselves there's a time we have to get over the flesh and we finally have to do things by the spirit there's a grace period and a lot of times new believers when they come in and they're first born again god will have grace on the things they do they will even do religious acts and god will anoint it but that doesn't mean that he's going to appoint it for their future there's a time that he's going to do it because he sees their heart but then he's like okay son you have to move on from the milk and the cookies, you have to move on to greater things. You have to move on to the deeper things, my way or the highway now. Because there's a time when, when we learn more truth. You, you know, God was showing me this week, we, want, we cry out for more truth, but really, when we get to that higher level of truth, we have more accountability we have to stick by. So as we're growing, we have to realize that, yes, we have, yes it's great to have more truth, but now you have to stand by that or it's the highway. Or, it's, or it can cost you your, your relationship. It can cost you whatever it may be. I'm not saying hellfire. I'm not saying whatever. God's the judge at the end of the day. But it can cost you at the end of the day if you don't stay accountable to the place that you're at. Everybody's at different places. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look. Okay. And it came to pass when they came. And look. I don't have, yeah, I already read that, didn't I? And said, surely the Lord's. Oh, no. Let's go back to five. And he said, peaceably, I come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sacrifice, your, sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. So you're going to see a little trial and error here that um, um, Samuel goes through. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not unto his countenance. Look not as at his physicality. Or on the height of his stature. So he's telling him, don't look at the flesh. Don't look at what it looks like. Don't look at what they look like, what they sound like. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeketh not as a man seeth. For man see looketh on the outward 
appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So there's, the, there's your key for today's message, is we have to learn to look in the spirit. We have to learn to look in the heart, because many times we're looking at how the person, and even sometimes a person may be looking like, because our judgment, the carnality and morality and the things of this world, the teachings of this world has taught us to see uh, or its own version of right and wrong. You see, you have the, the tree of life, which is Jesus' version of righteousness, and then you have the knowledge of good and evil. And that's the knowledge of, you know, and it's knowledge, but it's a knowledge in a worldly sense. It's knowledge apart from God. And yes, there's good and bad, but there's, the world has come up with its own version of good and bad. So when we go by our carnal mind or we go by what we see or hear only, because we can see and hear and then the, the, the Holy Spirit confirms it or whatever. But when we go by, by seeing and hearing without seeing and hearing from here, that's when we get in trouble and we start seeing men or we start seeing anything after the flesh and we start having wrong mindsets. We start getting wrong things in our heart towards a person because we think that person is that way when they're actually not. But it's just our own heart and our own mind. And also feelings too can dictate us to see somebody or see something in a wrong way that is not actually the way it is because the flesh is at enmity with the spirit. So when you're in the flesh or you see through the flesh, you will see opposed to how God sees all every single time. So it's either you got to see in the flesh or you got to see in the spirit. And this is and that's why we listen to the word of God and we're renewing our mind so that we can grow up to see what is right and wrong. We don't know right and wrong right away once we come in the kingdom, but the word is discerning and always separating what is right and wrong and what is good and what is, is peaceable. So remember, God doesn't see as man sees. And just because we got born again doesn't mean we automatically see how God sees. There's still a separating. We're born again in the sense that now we've been represented to God and now we, our, our newness of marriage is being represented, but now there's a growth with Him. Just because you marry somebody doesn't mean that you guys are at the full stature of your marriage. You just started, your, your marriage was just born, but now your baby has to grow and now your baby has to be fed milk and cookies and then be fed the, the solid meat and get to a certain place where that marriage or that relationship with God is at its full stature and full strength and full ability and full endurance. Just because you're born into something, and if you guys read my, my, the message this week, in, in the message called In Christ, just because you're born into something does not mean you will stay in something. If, I, my, if my son... I, we, my wife bore my, my son and just because he's with us right now doesn't mean when he grows older he's not going to walk away on his own because he will be 18 one day, 21 one day, he'll have his own life and he'll be able to do what he and go his own way doesn't mean he's going to stay with us and that's just like in the spirit people think we get born again just because, and just because we got born again that we're automatically going to, we've arrived, we're going to heaven, everything's done, sealed. And this is where, that's where the, the, the key to complacency right there is what you believe too. Because if you believe it's all done and you're in, you're written in the Lamb's Book of Life and you're never being blotted out, you will be complacent because you're like, what's the point of trying to seek all this when I'm going to be with it forever? But that's not true. That you're not, you're not, you're, you've been saved in the sense of you've been saved from, from the, the, the wills of this world and the flesh and the things that the enemy can do to you here or the things that can, that, yes, that what the enemy can do in the future but you've been but as long you have to stay here or else if you come out of Christ 
You're going back into what you've been saved from. You're going back to your old vomit. So there's a saved in the sense of the, you're saved from the world and sin, but there's still a, a working out your salvation until the end. And there's that, sal that sense of salvation to go on to eternal, to go on to heaven. For man looketh on outward appearance, but God looketh at the heart. And we cannot judge. And the Bible says, I heard somebody tell me yesterday, and, I, and it kind of like stirred me up a little bit. The Bible says, um, it says about not um, judging a man's intentions or, or, or trying to judge a man's heart. But how many know we still do do that, but we don't do it on our own. So the Bible was saying, don't judge the man's heart in your own sense, in your own mind, because what you see and what you hear is not necessarily what's inside. So we have to do it through the, the judge, which is the Holy Spirit. It's, I wrote the post, post this morning. It's not our eyes that are the judge. It's not our ears that are the judge. It's not our mind that's the judge. He's the judge. And through him, we proclaim his judgments. Amen. So it's through the spirit that we see all things. It's through the spirit that we know all things about a person, about a place or about anything. And if it's not through the spirit, it's through the flesh and you're seeing wrong. Then Jesus called Abinadab, and he can't, and that's where that name was. I was always wondering where that name was in the Bible. And made him pass from before Samuel, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shema to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath, hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here, are here that all thy children, he said? There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And, said, and Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch for him, for, he, for we will not sit down till he come hither. So many of his brothers, if you read more into the life of Jesse and his sons, many of his brothers were, obviously you can tell right here, David was the youngest. He's probably the shortest. He's probably not the most athletic. These guys were warriors. They went into the battle and they were, they were fighting. They were a lot older. They looked like they could be kings. They, were, they had a lot more testosterone. They had a lot more things going for them. Who knows what was the, you know, the big differences that they saw in the physicality. And it must have been easy to point out, oh, this one's a good king. Oh, look, he's buff. He's big. He's, he's got a right attitude. But it wasn't what God was doing. And he sent and brought him. Now he was Rudy whatever that means, and withal a beautiful countenance and, and goodly, huh? Redhead? Okay. Good, you got that one on camera. <laughs> and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went on to Rahan. Now turn to um, 2 Corinthians 5.12. And we're going to do 12 through 18. And this is the famous verse that you've all probably heard. And this is what this whole message is birthed on. And I got this message, but I, I totally forgot about this verse. But this is the base of it. For we command not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which... Glory in appearance and not in heart. So he's talking about them that, that glory. And appearance doesn't just mean physical stuff. Doesn't mean the body, doesn't mean the face, doesn't, mean, doesn't necessarily always mean the hair, the looks. 
when God is talking about appearance, he's also talking about because in religion, many people you will find they boast about how great their character is. They will boast about how loving they are, how, how sweet they are, how much, much wise words, how, how, how their words are so defined from the web dictionaries, webinar, whatever it is from, or they searched up Wikipedia and they have some good language. God's not looking at any of that. God's not looking at how you, how you speak, how you sound. He's looking at the heart and intentions of the man. So also appearances can also be looking as like that, like how a person acts in the physical. But how many of you guys know people can look a certain way, but not be a certain way? I'm sure David, when he cut off Goliath's head with a rock, or, or, or no, he ended up cutting it with a sword, but took out Goliath with a rock, he took his head and paraded around the town. I'm sure people were like, oh, that boy is prideful. Look, he's gloating in how he took out Goliath. But he was celebrating for the Lord and God saw his heart and he wasn't prideful before God. And we're going to get into later a religious spirit about, that tried to attack David, that tried to come at David and, and, and say he was one way, but God really saw him another way. But let's finish this one right here. For whether we be besides ourselves, it is to God. So he's saying, whether, whether we be besides ourselves, what does that mean? Whether we be off or we, we be what, sick, whether we look a certain way, whether we sound a certain way, whether we mess up or we stumble or whatever, we're doing everything to God. So don't, Paul's trying to tell him, don't judge me, don't judge others, don't judge anybody around you by how it looks like, but judge them by the Spirit and see what He sees. Not by your feelings, because, and, and, and don't get me wrong, there's times that we have to, there's times where, you know, religion says there's no emotions, and, and I was going to preach another message on this just about emotions, but religion will tell you that, oh, we don't go by feeling, we don't go by emotions, but there is a sense that you do go by feeling. Because you feel the Holy Spirit, you sense what He's doing. There's times you have to feel Him out and see what He's doing or go with the wind. But the difference is, is, about the, is about feeling or the emotions from the Holy Spirit and your spirit inside. Or is, or is your feelings or emotions coming from what's what you believe? Or is your feeling or emotions coming from your own heart, from the deceitfulness of your own heart? That's the question. And we can only know when somebody is moving in their own emotions or, or their own feelings by the Spirit. And we can only know when we're moving in our own emotions or, or feelings by the Spirit. So there are feelings, and if we go have the wrong feelings of our own self, we can feel a certain way about somebody that's, that we think is God, and we'll be like, oh, well, God's, I'm, I feel like God's angry with you, or I feel like God, but you may be angry with that person. Or you feel that God is, is glorying in that person, or oh, I feel like God has abundance for you. You ever hear those, all those people that like to prophesy every two minutes? Oh, God's going to give you, I feel God's going to give you all this prosperity. He's going to make you rich and famous. But that could be something of their own, from their own self. It could be something that they spawned from their own feelings or their own wants or their own desires. Our own desires and our own thinking and our own deceitfulness can produce feelings that try to imitate God. And because now that we're in the kingdom, we think everything, everything that we feel and everything that we we think is automatically God, but we have to discern it and take it to the Spirit of God. But that requires a genuine heart. For the love of Christ constraint us because we thus judge. Remember the message, judge not, but we do judge, and that's by the Spirit. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. Meaning, in, in the, he's not saying literally, he's saying in the flesh, to our carnal minds, to our, 
This is the death we have to die, is to die to our own mindsets and our own heart things that we have, our own desires, our own things that we want. Unto him that died, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, no, here it is, henceforth, no, no man after the flesh. No, no man after what you see with, the, with these. No, no man by what you hear with these. No, no man. Meaning, what you see and what you hear, don't count it and take it and, and make your own truth out of it. Just because the person speaks a certain way, you might be mistaking boldness for pride. Or pride for boldness, either way. You might be mistaking somebody for being loving for really... That's somebody that's being, walking in false love. Or somebody that's just trying to use you. How many people know that pe many people are kind and they'll do what you want, but they only do, they're only doing it because they're trying to get something from you. And you perceive, because you see with your eyes, you see their face, you see their smile, you see how, how, how intrigued they look. But it's all on, in the flesh. And God is saying, there's another man inside that doesn't have the same face on there's another face inside of me. There's another face inside of you. There's another face inside of that person that you don't see, but you have to start seeing it. And the only way you can see it is if I show you. So people say, people leave discernment like it's one of those gifts that they're just one of the gifts. But discernment is really one of the most important gifts and you better have it. And it talks about it in most of the Bible because if we can't discern something, we will be fooled. And not only if we can't, not only about discerning other people, we have to discern ourselves. Because sometimes we're fooling ourselves, thinking we're seeking God, thinking we're doing things with God, but we're really just doing things in our own flesh. So we, we need, don't just need discernment on everybody else, we need discernment on ourselves. And if we can't discern our own self, and we can't let God, you know what God showed me this week is, you can't see what's in you without me showing what's in you. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I try my best, I want to be, I want to make sure there's nothing there that, that He can say on the day of judgment that I have, that... I want to see. How do I, I want to see it more? I'm trying to look in my mind. I'm trying to look in my heart. But he's saying, I can only reveal it to you. Even about yourself. Even, even about your, There's hidden things in your heart that you don't even know that are there. Or you don't even realize. But only I have the power to show you. And I will show you when you humble yourself and you're open. That's what he's saying to all of us. So before you start discerning anybody else, we have to start discerning ourselves. No, no man after the flesh. Yeah, that's what it says, yeah. It's usually the other one, Old King James is ye, or yay, yeah. Though we have known Christ after the, though, even look, though we have known Christ after the flesh, you ever seen this before? Yet now henceforth know him we know more. Does that make sense to you? Even though we knew Christ in the flesh, we knew him, we saw him, we were hanging out with him. We know him by image or by what he said or by what he sounds like or by things we've heard from the Bible. But, we, but Paul's saying you don't know him by that. Now it's time for you. It says that anybody wants to worship me, they must worship me in spirit and in truth because God is spirit. And the only way you can know him in spirit is by being in spirit yourself. Amen. So we have to know him 
not just by words, because how many know that the Bible and what Jesus has said has created 3,000 different denominations by, because of what people think of him or because what people know about him in the flesh or what he looks like or what he sounded like or what he did, they create their own image of him. They create their own spirit of him and it's not his spirit. So we have to get to know him in that way. We, even Christ, even Christ, we have to know him in spirit, not just by what we know from the Bible. And if we just know what we know from the Bible, we don't really know him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So now, because you have been born again, born again doesn't just mean I accepted the blood and I said the prayer. Born again means now you've been filled with his spirit. There's been a renewal. He blew on you now in your inside. And now you have a new refreshed man that's renewed onto God. Now your spirit is open to God and open to the things. And now there's an open channel here. So now he's saying you're now there's a new man now. So now that there's a new man, yes, I'm sure what you see in the, for the people that are in the world is probably true by what you see with your eyes and ears, but what you, but you got to know, but even then you still have to see them in the spirit because sometimes people in the world, they're not as bad as you think they are. They're not as great as you think they are because there's many people that have such great character because maybe they were where they came from. I mean, when we went to Philippines, they were so, such nice people, but that didn't mean every single one of them was saved. That didn't mean every single one of them had, was Christ-like. Some people just are naturally like that. Some people are just, but they can be inwardly filled with demons. And there were some people like that in the Bible too, where there were such a night, and there was that one lady that went up to Paul and said, oh, he brings the way of salvation. He bring, Oh, that's so nice and flattery, but she, was actually, she actually had a demon and he ended up casting it out of her. So what are you seeing? Are you see, and if he didn't have the sermon, if he didn't know by the Spirit of God that she had a demon, she would have never been able to cast it out and it probably would have hindered his ministry for that region because that's what she was trying to do because she was sent by the rulers of that region and it was to stop the work of Jesus Christ. And how are you going to stop the devil from stopping the work of Jesus Christ if you don't have discernment and you can't see people? You can be fooled by anybody on this, on this street here. You that go on outreach, you, anybody can fool you, anybody can swindle you, but you have, to have, you have to have spiritual eyes and ears. You have to know here. And that's what he's saying, I've made you a new creation. Not this. This hasn't become a new creation. This was made in 1994. But he's talking about the inward man. I've made the spirit now new. I've, made, I've given you a new spirit. Now you're going to feel new things. Now you're going to hear new things. Now you're going to have new desires, new things. And your mind is slowly going to become a new man as well because the word is going to renew you over time. It's not perfect already, but you're going to get there. But your spirit has been renewed and it is, it is new and there's no hindrance. It, it is your spirit is perfect, your spirit is holy, and your spirit is righteous. But if you don't live in the spirit, you won't be righteous like your spirit. There's a difference. So if we don't live by the spirit, we cannot walk in the holiness and righteousness that has been imputed to us or that, he's, that, that he has for us because there's still this mind and heart that still tries to dictate us through the outside things. And the reason why we get in the flesh and the reason why we get in sin is because outside things that we see and that we hear try to dictate the inside and that's why we have to live from within because if we don't live from within everything without will dictate what's within we have to live from that place that the spirit of god has made as a dwelling place in us he says that the temple of god it says that uh the spirit god dwells in the temple in your temple 
is, is the living of, is the body of the Holy Spirit, but it's not necessarily this body that he's talking about. He's talking about the new spiritual body that you've been given, and that's where God lives. And now he's saying, don't defile that spirit and let that spirit be not dictated by your mind or your heart and let it be and follow it. And that's how I would lead you. And that's how I will give you all things to know. And that's how you will know all things. Paul said he knew all things. Why? He knew all things when he stepped into a room, when he went to a region, when he went to a place. He knew all things because the spirit of God knows everything and he made everything and he can give you clues whenever you need. But you need to be in that in that place. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So we understand now we have a new spirit. We're a new person inside. But that doesn't mean there's not still old mindsets. And those old mindsets are trying to kill that, that, that new born again baby that you have inside of your heart. That new found faith you have in your heart. That, that the mind is trying to kill it. That's why we have to live by the spirit and not the carnal mind. Though we have known Christ after the flesh. Oh, we already read that. Okay, back to 17. <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have pa are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So that doesn't mean that you don't have wounds or anything from the past, but it means that the, your old life, you're no longer going to live by that anymore, and now you're living by a new life. Some people think that, you know, now that, mean, that scripture right there means that they're perfect now. They don't, have any sin, they don't have any flaws. They don't have any sin. They don't have any wounds. They're good. All their thoughts are just. All their thoughts are right. And that's what this identity movement will tell you is that you're perfect. So don't worry about anything. Don't worry about renewing your mind because you got everything already. It's already inside of you. But they're sadly mistaken because our old life can still dictate us. But he's saying right now what he's saying in that scripture. You have to, we have to understand the heart. We can't even know. We hear Paul's words, but we can't even know Paul after the flesh. We have to know Paul by the Spirit. We have to know Paul by his heart and what he's saying, because he's not saying that what they're saying out there. And we can only know what he's saying by, by what the Spirit reveals to us. And what he's saying is, is, now it's time to live a new life. Now you have a new thing that wants to, to influence you. Now you have a new way that wants to take you. That, now you have a, a new thing inside you that wants to govern your thoughts and your mind, now live that new life and that's all passed away as long as you follow Him. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us, us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath, hath given us to us the ministry of reconciliation. We also, this is what I wrote, we also cannot judge anything in general by flesh or by what it looks like or it seems like. So we're not just talking about, you know, because the scripture says, no, no man by the flesh. But you can fill that blank in there with man and put it, no, 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 anything, no, nothing by the flesh. So that means places, you know, you see people come by the hot house of truth all the time and they're like, oh my God, look at the star. Look at the, oh my God, you have a Jewish thing. Oh, forget them. They're religious. Oh, forget them. They're into the Hebrew roots. But how many know we're not into Hebrew roots? So no, no place that calls himself God, no, no anything by the flesh. And sometimes there's things that are obvious because if you have a KKK symbol on the outside of your church, then that, I mean, that's obvious. That's, I don't need to tell you. I don't need the sermon on that one. That's kind of like, why would you have that? But 
people pass by here all the time and I've heard people say, oh my God, they're into the Jewish stuff, they're into they're Nazis, they're this, they're that, they're, they must be Muslim maybe. But they know us after by what they see and what they think about what they see because what everybody, see, everybody sees and hears similar things, but everybody has their own interpretation of what they see and hear. Everybody has their own way of thinking of what they see and everybody has their own perspective. But all that stuff has to die now. Our own perspective is dead if we let it be dead. And now we have to see by the one that has only one perspective, only one way of thinking, only one thought, only one heart. And when people have, when there's two people that are apparently in the spirit and one has a different thought on one thing and one has another thought on something else and they contradict each other, obviously one's not moving in the spirit and one is. The Holy Spirit is not speaking two different things about one thing. He's not saying, you know, so-and-so is this and then telling another person, well, so-and-so is not this and it's this. No, it's, he's not... They don't both, obviously, it's one of them is not hearing the Holy Ghost. As simple as that. So, but not by, and, and even when we're in regular service or when we're in regular things, judging atmospheres, just because we see some people sitting down or we see some people standing up, that does not mean God's not moving in the room. And that does not mean that He is moving in the room. But what are, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? What are you hearing in the Spirit? What is He doing? That's the place that he's trying to take us because if we judge something wrong, then we will have a wrong reaction to that judgment. What we judge is the most important thing because what we judge is how we're going to react or act or have an attitude towards that thing or, or place or person. In every situation, just because people are not moving their hands, just because you can go to, I'm not even going to name names, but you can go to places on that side of Florida and you can see them waving their hands and doing all this stuff and banging the drums and doing all this stuff. But that does not mean the Spirit of God is there just because people are moving around. And there can be snakes all around the floor in the Spirit. And there can be Python, Leviathan spirits and Jezebel spirits everywhere. But you think just because everybody's clapping the drums and, and strumming the, the thing, the guitar, it's on fire. And that's what people do. They go to a place and they see, oh my God, nobody's sitting down. Now there is something to that everybody's standing up. But that doesn't always mean that, oh, oh, they're on fire. Oof, that place, oof, 100%. They got it. They, they know what they're doing. They're going after Jesus hard. But that doesn't mean they can all be filled with demons. Go to a nation just, and you start judging things by what you see. And just be, I know, I, know, I knew a, a man that he lived in a, in a smaller house and he, had, he drove a crappy van and I was like, oh, that guy's poor. I feel bad for him. And then you find out he's a millionaire. Right, exactly. So that does, just because of what you see doesn't mean that's truth. Or truth comes from this. He's called the spirit of truth for a reason because all righteous truth, because we have truth that the devil tried, we, we heard Shane, just because there's, there's, I mean, there's obvious facts like, oh, this one did this and this one, okay. But we're talking about truth that matters, that's going to change us and that's going to dictate how we see things. That truth, all truth comes from Him. And what's actually reality in the Spirit. See, what's, what we see is not necessarily reality, but what, we, what is in the Spirit is real reality. This is reality. What, obviously, this is reality. This is reality. But what we interpret it to be does not mean that that means it's reality. And we have to get the truth from the Spirit of truth. All truth comes from the spirit and if it doesn't come from the spirit you spit it out because if you take it in it's going to do something to you 
We need to discern and see everything in the Spirit or else we are opening the door to seeing with a wrong lens. Many people are seeing with a wrong lens. Okay, go to Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Matthew 16, 13 through 17. When Jesus came into the coast of... <sighs> William, help me out with this one. Caesarea Philippi? Caesarea Philippi. All right. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he's asking his disciples, Who, who do they say I am? Who does the Pharisees, who do you even say that I am? And he said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Who say, who, Peter, who do you? Right, it's Peter, right? Who do you say that I am? Who am I? Am I John the Baptist? Am I this person or so-and-so? Am I like that person or what? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And listen to what he says to him right here. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. Oh, Simon, not Peter. Well, he was Peter anyway, later. For the flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Remember that message, flesh and blood. We don't judge anything or see who anybody is by flesh, by what's done, by the acts. By their actions. Just because some people, some people do, do things that they don't mean to do because they may be going through things in the flesh, but that doesn't mean that they're damned to hell or that doesn't mean that they're not Christian. And some people do, look at the people that, go, that are going to go to Jesus on the last day. The Bible says that they're going to say, Lord, Lord, but we did all these works. We preached. We, we, uh, it even says they casted out demons. That we did the works, but you didn't know me. What you do doesn't mean that you know him. What somebody else does doesn't mean that they know him. What some church does, I don't care if they, they slay everybody in the spirit everywhere they go and you see the whole room fall every time they walk in, that does not mean they're in the spirit and that does not mean it's the Holy Spirit. Just because a person falls forward or falls backward or falls sideways, that doesn't mean if it's the Holy Spirit or not. It can only be spiritually discerned. And Paul talks about things being spiritually discerned, nothing, nothing in the kingdom. It says, I should have pulled up the scripture, I didn't think of it, but it says, the kingdom of God is not by observation. The kingdom of God is not by what any of these senses see or hear or smell. It's by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God exposes the kingdom of God to the, to the mind and the heart that you have that's carnal and that is being renewed spiritually. So who and, and pe so people are even and people are even seeing Jesus, but they're still seeing him in the flesh. So when you serve a Jesus of the flesh, you're still you actually have your own God, and it's not. And then Paul talks about people, many uh, there being many Christ in the last day, and that's because many are seeing Jesus in the flesh by what he's done, by things he said. Yes, we're supposed to hear what he's done. We're supposed to hear what he said. But we're not supposed to take it here. We're supposed to take it here and say, okay, what did you actually say? Because I'm, I'm tired of hearing people take one scripture, John 3, 16, or one thing, 
and say, okay, this means this and that means that, boom, 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 boom. Look at what it says right there. It's plain in text. But that does not mean that's what he meant. And you, there's many times where he said, he told them, if any man hate, I thought God said don't forgive everybody and have, he said hate, if any man cannot hate father, mother, brother, sister, they cannot be my disciple. But I thought, hey, we're not supposed to hate. That's, but he's trying to tell them, if any man cannot forsake them, if any man cannot give them up and, 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 and have me be the first thing in their life, have me be the center, because some people are so centered around their family, so centered around their friends that when they do things, even in the church, it dictates how they feel and how they see and what they do. So he's not saying hate them, but when you read it plainly, it looks like he's saying hate them. And then you have all these cults making things, well, you can't, you can't love your father. Don't tell him you love him. Hey, you're supposed to hate him. Curse him out. But that's not what he's saying. See, we have to understand what he's saying here, not what he said, what, not the literal words. Remember, it's made, this Bible has made 3,000 different denominations. So it doesn't matter if you read the Bible, but do you know him? My Father which is in heaven revealed it unto you, he said then. So what is, the, the Father is spirit, so the Holy Spirit revealed it unto him. And is, and is, and is look at the person next to you, is God revealing wh who, who they are to you? Or are you looking at them how you want to look at them? Or how, what you see? Or just because you saw them do that yesterday, that means you, you we're just going to go to jump con to conclusions here. We don't see things and hear things and jump to conclusions. We see things and hear things and take it back to him and say, okay, what is that? What is this? Does this mean that? Does that mean that? Some people can have a little tone in their voice, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're angry. Doesn't, and just because they have a little Joel Osteen voice doesn't mean they're the next John the Baptist. But what are they in the spirit? What are they carrying in here? That's what, that's what God is trying to really get us today. And, that, and I know that some of these things can sound repetitive, but we really have to get this because we can walk into places and we can have offenses. We can have problems with each other. We can have things go on that don't need to go on if we just see each other rightly. And seeing each other rightly doesn't mean... And some people say, oh, I got to see you in the Spirit. So that means you're crowned with glory in the Spirit. You have the, the armor of God. Oh, now let's just encourage everybody until they die. That doesn't mean, that's not seeing in the spirit. What do we mean when we say, see, everybody has their own version of these sayings that we say, seeing the spirit, see them as the light. See them, even if they're, they're stone cold killers, see them as the light. See them as John the Baptist. I know there's a sense, because what, what? I mean, you could have saw Shane years ago when he wasn't saved, and you could have saw some, some great things what he's doing now. But that doesn't mean every single person on the planet is the next John the Baptist. So we have to see, seeing in the Spirit is not seeing them in a better light. Seeing in the Spirit is, is seeing the truth of what God sees. And not just for them now, but in the future. Because how many people know we were all the past and we all had our own past. And we were all a different person. So it doesn't mean what we're doing now is going to be down the, down the timeline. And sometimes what, what we see now, we let it dictate the future that we see for that person. And we can't even do that. Even if God shows us something about right now in that person, doesn't mean we automatically assume, well, they're always going to be like that. 
We have to take that to God. Okay, well, God, are you gonna break? what are you going to do? And if he shows you, he shows you. If he doesn't show you, then wait on the Lord and stop jumping to conclusions because that's how you, some people have so, many ang- so much anger towards people, towards friends, towards family, even towards their own husband or wife because they think that, well, he's always going to be like this or she's always going to be like this or, but how are you, what are you, are you God? Are you, gonna, are you the God of their life? You're automatically saying, what, making their destiny up? Or are you going to hear from God and wait for him to show you? Some people don't hear from God and because they want to hear from God so bad about a certain situation, first of all, some people want to hear about something of their own, because of their own lust, they want to hear something so bad from God that he doesn't even tell them or show them just because of their own heart. But some people want to hear from God so bad that they make up their own voice in their mind to tell them and act like it's God. Just so they can say something or do something that they wanted to do all along. Acts 5, 1 through 5. Here's a good one. You all know this. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept part Back, hep, uh, and kept part, kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and the, and the, and laid it on the apostles' feet. So what that's saying there, if you didn't understand, they sold the land, and they kept part of it back. And what they're going to do now is they're going to go up to Peter, and they're going to say, "Here's the money for the land," and they're going to. Present it like they're giving all the money and, oh, look, I'm, we're going to be great. We're going to go up there and, look, we're going to give them all the money. But God sees, so they're in trouble. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Willest it remain? Was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Remember, Paul said we do our works unto God. So when we're lying to people, even or, or God's government, we're actually lying to God because they're, now you're making them think that that's truth. But the spirit of truth is like, uh-uh, that ain't truth. That's not all the money. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. Gave up the ghost. That should shake some doctrines. That's some shake should shake some one saved always save things. Somebody dying in the church, people that's gonna that's, that might happen again, and the, lo, the false love people are not gonna be ready for that. They are not. People are gonna. God's getting serious, and 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 because of the level of truth that's being bestowed on the earth, now people are gonna be more accountable. And the more accountable that he he is now holding the church to, the more serious he's getting because it's like okay now, now you can't play stupid. Now you're at this level. You know what to do. And they knew what they were doing. It wasn't like they were like, they, they lied, but they didn't really see that they were lying. They thought it was good. They knew that what they were doing. There was enough truth to them manifested for them to know what they were doing. And that's when, see, in the Old Testament, he, 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 when people would do things um, ignorantly, even though it was sin, God would do a certain sacrifice for those that sinned ignorantly because they didn't know. Because they didn't really... Whatever it was in their mind, God saw that they weren't really totally accountable or didn't really realize or whatever the case may be. And God set a certain sacrifice for them and they were atoned for. But then the people that knew and sinned willfully, that's what it's called, willful sin. When you know something and you do it anyway, 
that's no longer ignorance. Now he's like, now there's judgment. Now there's, and that was what was happening in the Old Testament. And they, of course, did a sacrifice, but, it, but there was a separation that God had. And there's still a separation. And God, and some people get away with things, and some people get away with the same thing, but one is held to another standard than the other because the other one might have a higher, be at a higher level of truth where they know, and the other one might not know. And God's like, He's just like, whatever, you know, he's getting there. He'll grow up. But this one, he's like, how, how dare you? You know. So sometimes we're like trying to hold people to our, our own standard even. That's why we have to judge everything by the Spirit. Because we're trying to, we're at a level of truth here. And then we see this other little one here. And we're trying to be like, oh, well, what are you doing? You're not doing A, B, and C. Well, wait a minute. Let them get there. And then let's, let's, let's talk about that. But some people, sometimes because we're at a higher standard, we expect people to be here but we have to do things by the spirit because god knows where everybody's at he knows where everybody needs to be held accountable for so there's grace sometimes for each person each person has their own grace in the sense of empowerment but each person also has their own grace from god in the sense of his patience for that person so this is what god wanted me to ask you if if you were paul or i'm sorry i always think it's paul that did this but if you were Peter, would you have really dis would you have discerned that they did that? Because they could have gave the money to him, and he could have been like, "Oh yeah, okay, it's the it's all the." How many times you somebody lied to you, and you found out later that I mean, you know, or at the time you thought it was truth, and then you find out later they lied to you. Right. But he knew right then and there you're lying. If I said that to somebody today, oh, it'd be like, "Oh what? I'm not lying." But he knew by the spirit. Because he didn't see, they probably had faces like, oh, he's the best, the best of the man. They probably made up the best face. Because, you know, when people are trying to lie, they try to, play, they, they got to play it off. They got to act like they're in a movie, man. They can't be like, oh, he, he. No, they're, they're, they're like, they're selling it, man. They're selling you. And are you going to be, see past the sell? Are you going to discern enough? And what this whole message is doing, it's bringing you to the, that core place within. It's going to get you to live from this place within more, within uh, 24-7 You can't be living from here And then living from here another day It's called the flesh and the spirit The flesh and the spirit is not some other thing This is the, this is the spirit, this is the flesh And if, what are you living by? And if you can't live by the spirit You're going to be fooled, you're going to be ghouled You're going to be sold out You're going to be. People are going to swindle you all day But will you be able to do that And God move like that? You need to ask yourself that question You need to let that motivate you to that place that intimate place with God that only you can get there. I can't guide you there. I can, I can only help you. I can only give you the words. But in that place inside, past these bones, past this skin, there's that place where it's just you and your mind and your heart. And you have to find that place with Him and, 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 and within. You have to say, where, how do I live by the Spirit? How do I, what's this, God? What's, we have to take everything to that place. No man can take your hand and go inside your spirit and take you there. Only you can go there with him and, he's, and, and he's, he can do it. God's not looking at your mind power. God's not looking at your heart power. He's looking for your heart to be right, but he's not looking for you to be like, oh, if I could just see in the spirit. But he's, he can, he'll guide you there and he, and he gives. It says that he gives every perfect and good gift. So discernment and all that stuff and seeing rightly, this is all gifts and he gives it to you. It comes onto your mind and heart like, like that it's not something that you have to work for and pull down from heaven like all these prayer people they're always constantly trying to pull 
they're a new man in Christ from heaven. They're like, oh, all right, we got to see in the spirit. We got to, we got to, they're trying to strive so much, but he takes you there. But you have to have a right heart and a willing mind to get there. That's his open door to take you. And he takes people different places sometimes, but with the same motivation. And then God, and, and also like, what about, Going back to that thing, what about, would you have known, put yourself in this situation. This is how God put me in. This is what made me realize it more. Because you think about Paul and you're like, well, he was mighty. Well, Peter was mighty. Oh, whatever. But what about you? This, is, this message is for you today. If you were Paul in that instance with the possessed lady and she was saying, some of you, some of us on YouTube, some of us wherever, if we saw some lady come flat her saying, oh, he brings the way of salvation, some of us would be like, ooh, yeah, I do. Don't lie. Don't lie, because you know what? I could say that that might mess with me. If some person was boasting you up like that, I remember back in the day, people would do that, and I'd be like, I'd be, oh man, they're such nice people. Oh, she's such a great person, that he's such a great person, but they're really just flattering you. They have a hidden agenda. Will you see it? Would you have been in Paul's situation and been like, come out of her spirit? Would you have done that? But there's, you can do, it's not, Paul is not up here and you're, the, he, there's the same things are available. But you have to be in that place. You have to know no man by the flesh. You have to know no, no thing, no truth dictated by what the flesh looks like. It's not what it looks like all the time. And most of the time, it's definitely not what it looks like. It's I almost, I can almost say 99, 95% of the time, it's not what it looks like. But where are you governed by? And then all of a sudden, the more you start moving by your spirit, all of a sudden your heart and mind are, are so dead to the flesh that your mind and heart start thinking like the spirit already. So you, there's a place of growing where you don't have to have this fight so much and things and, and truth and everything is separated in your mind. You're already thinking like God. So there's a stature you get to where it's no longer a struggle to be in the spirit. It's easy. What about... Saul, 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 David, and he was even, he even went to the, he even went to the, uh, the, what's that, what do they call them? The who? The, the seer, the witch. The witch, yeah, I forget what they call them. I'm trying to figure, figure out the word it used. The witch, whatever, you know, the witch. He tried to go see a witch and was even asking her. And obviously you can see by his actions after, he's like, is, is he an angel or is he a demon? Is he God or, if he's, or what is he? And of course, he ended up coming after him and, and, and trying to kill David. Why? Because, but God saw, God saw David as a, as a righteous man. God saw David's heart. He was a man after God. But Saul, once anointed, even once being led by God to do things, no longer was seeing in the spirit. So it doesn't matter if you, you start seeing one day, you can see another day just be, because of what? Because of Saul's jealousy started to dictate how he was seeing and hearing. And that's why it's so important to get our heart right and keep our heart right. Because if our heart is not right, we will start to see people in another light. We have to see them the way God sees them. Here's 2 Samuel 6.14. This is the one about David that I wanted to get to. 2 Samuel 6.14-23. through 14, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, and he was girded with linen and, and an ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord without sh with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So he was dancing naked in front of the people. 
And as the ark of the Lord came unto the city of David, Micah's Michal, is it Michal or Micah? Michal, right? Michael. Michael? It doesn't look like Michael. All right. Michal, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So already she, was, she wasn't even seen in the spirit. And if you read early in the chapter, God was already using him, saying, do this, do that, do that, go here, go here. And she despised him. And she was of Israel. Just because you're in the church doesn't mean you see everybody rightly. What's dictating your heart? Is, it, are you, are, is your heart being dictated by what your spirit is seeing and saying and feeling and doing? Or is your heart dictated? This is like the heart is the center of the, of the body for a reason. Because the heart is going to determine whether you're going to live by the flesh or by the spirit. When your heart is right towards, I'm not saying right in general, because many people have a right heart, but they're still not even following Jesus. But he's saying right in a sense of being after me and doing my thing and, 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 and heeding to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, are you going to follow, is your heart going to shine from within or is your heart going to shine from without and then dictate what's within? That's where, that's where we have to get it right, is our heart. And, that, and that's how the, where the anointing flows. It says the issues of life flow from the heart. The troubles of life, the good things, the bad things. What dictates your life flows from your heart. And how your heart is, is going to determine how your life is. And she despised him in her heart. So what happened? Now it's in her heart. Now there's hate. And now what's going to dictate her? Now what she sees and what she hears in her own perception is going to dictate her. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in place in the midst of the tabernacle. And David, and how do you know, how many of you know the ark of the covenant is the Holy Spirit and, and the uh, tabernacle of God is now us? So the ark of the Lord, in other words, the Holy Spirit was in the midst of David. In the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an, an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. So God was moving here, obviously. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel as well, to the women and to the men, everyone, cake and bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a uh, Flagon of wine, if that's the way it's said. So all the people departed from everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today. So she's mocking here. Who uncovered himself to, to, today in the eyes of the handmaids of the servants. As one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. So he's saying, in front of all the girls, in front of the handmaids, in front of the, you're really going to dance naked in front of them? If somebody did that today, everybody would go, I would even stone them probably. <laughs> and David said unto Michal, it was before the Lord. There it is. It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father and before all the house to appoint me ruler over the people of Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than this. So he's kind of mocking her, but I will even do worse than that. Get ready. And will be base in my own, in my own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, who had, had no child unto that day after death. And because of how religion sees, there, there's going to be no revival birth. Just like Michael uh, uh, the daughter, just how she never 
could see in the spirit and she, she was never, then she was proclaimed never to have a child. And that's what religion is doing because of how it sees it's dying. It's dead. It's killing their promises. It's killing their destinies. And if you don't see in the spirit, you're going to be dead. It's not once saved, always saved. It will kill your spiritual life. And are you going to be like Macau's daughter? So it didn't, so that right there shows you it didn't matter if people were dancing naked on, someone was dancing naked on the street right now, would you be, I mean, he was dancing naked, for goodness sake, do you, he was dancing naked. And she despised him, but he said it was before the Lord. So that right there shows you it's not the actions, and I know there's obvious things, but it's not about the actions, it's not about the things that is, is happening before you, it's not just because that person has this face on or that face on, it's about what was being seen in the spirit. It was about where is that person before the Lord? And David was right before God, but she was wrong. And many in the flesh would probably back her up before they backed David up. Oh, yeah, he was dancing in the street. What are you, what? Yeah, he's crazy. She's probably right. She's right. And many people side with religion because they're still, they're, they're, people, you're, you're going to be in agreement with religious people if you don't start seeing and hearing in the spirit. And if you see by what you see and hear by what you hear, you're going to be in agreement with religious people and you will be, become more yoked up later on. Last scripture and then we'll close. I think you guys had enough of it. Hopefully I didn't beat you too bad with it. 1 Kings 3.9 And this is uh, Solomon. He's, he's about to govern the people of Israel and God came to him in a dream and said, ask whatever you want and you'll have it. Ask whatever you want. What if God told you that right now? Ask whatever you want and you're going to have it. You, well, some of us would probably think, well, I, well, my finances ain't looking too good, so can you, I need to go on mission trips. I need to do that. I need to, you know, I kind of need a new car because my radiator's busting a little bit or my check engine light is on. I need a mechanic. But he, instead, let's go to it. And that, this is the, this scripture, I pray for everybody in their heart that this would be the prayer of your heart going forward, that this would be something that you want. If God told you today, what do you, what do you want? I'll give it to you. And this is what he said to God. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people, that you would be able to judge good and bad, that you would be able to see your brother and sister rightly, that you would be able to see what God is doing on that wall there rightly because we can even take that vision and that vision is so great, but if we don't see it in the spirit, we won't even feel the, the greatness of it because you read that vision and, and you can feel the power on it and you can feel the, the, how real it is, but if you don't know it in the spirit and it's just words to you, then you can't really live the reality of it. We need to see in the spirit. We need to hear in the spirit. We need to know no man after the flesh and we have to know every man and everything and every atmosphere and everything we see and hear by the Spirit. Everything in your life, see it by the Spirit. And Father, right now we pray, God, that you reveal your secrets, God, that you reveal what's in the Spirit, God, that we would know no man by the flesh, that we would know nothing that happens, no event, no thing by the flesh, but we would know it by your Spirit, God. Let nothing on the outside dictate us. Let nothing that we hear dictate us, God. Let nothing that we feel that is wrong, that's not from you. Let not our own feelings dictate us, God. 
our own sense, Father, dictate us. What it seems like, let that not dictate us. Many times we go and, and we speak by what we seem to see, but let that seeming die and let us see by discernment, God. And Father, I believe that you will break off things, God, that we didn't even know was there because we're going to just be, let us be washed. Everybody lift up your hands. <clears throat> just say, Father, wash me. Wash my mind. Anything that I've seen wrong. Any person I've seen wrong. Any heart thing that I felt that I, that I, that I took in that was wrong. Forgive it today. And you could stop there. And God, we just have.